Today's show is going to focus on the topic of crowd lending, or as many people call it, peer-to-peer lending. Um, we're going to do this together with Jürgen from financiallyfree.eu. Jürgen is going to explain to us what this all means. Um, where does this fairly new asset class consist of? Um, how can you make use of it? What kind of yields can you expect? What are the risks? How do you research it? And on top of that, his personal story, suing FI while living in Denmark. We had a lot of fun interviewing Jürgen and we hope you will enjoy the show. Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo-arbitrage, and making most of your money. This was your host, Alvar, Erminta, and Matthias. Hi, I'm Donald Trump, and I think the Financial Independence Podcast Europe is cool. Oh, no, no, it's a hoax. What the, what the hell? I don't remember. Hello, everybody. Today, we're recording a new episode together with Jürgen from Denmark. He's going to tell us uh, something about his FI journey in Denmark, peer-to-peer lending, real estate, and how he's approaching this in Europe and the whole philosophy around it. Um, so I want to throw it over now to Jürgen and ask him, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, a short introduction about who you are, how you came in touch with financial independence, um, and yeah, whatever you want to say else. Hello, Elva. Thank you so much for having me on the interview, first of all. Pleasure. And uh, like uh, you said, I'm Jorgen. I'm 38 years old and I live in Denmark uh, with my girlfriend. And together we have two kids and uh, it's two beautiful girls at the age of six and seven. And uh, in my normal day job, I'm an IT project leader. And I have been working in the same place for 16 years now. And started from the bottom and worked my way up yeah so that's that's a short introduction how, and how did you came in uh, touch with financial independence what um when did you hear it first about it and what was your initial thoughts and like what has it meant for your life it really started about three and a half four years ago when i i was looking at my life and was wondering could i do any better and i started looking for personal um, development and i i found a lot of different stuff in that uh, in that area and started uh, actually also getting an, an education in canada uh, with a, a guy called bob proctor and oh, i yeah. i learned a lot about personal development in general and with when you're all, with all these guys uh, a lot of them have very good backgrounds and have, have achieved a lot of things you get uh, inspired a lot, of course, and they all talk about, um, you know, um, uh, several streams, multiple streams of income. And I was looking at myself and my private life, and I was like, I have one stream of income, and that's my day job. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was, of course, thinking, how can I, how, how can I get to that ten or twenty number they're all talking about? Because they say if you want to get rich, you have to have more than one income source. And that's how I, I got started with everything. Uh, looking on YouTube uh, for for ways to get rich, <laughs> the, the normal approach, I think. And then I, I found the FIRE communities and that really uh, clicked with me. Yeah, uh, FIRE communities are always a great way to get started. I, I discovered them the, the other way around. So I was starting with personal finance. And then I was like, oh my god, there's this entire other community. And 
that's how it started. And um, mm. could you tell us a bit also how how you um, approach this like financial independence journey in Denmark specifically? Because we know that the tax rate is very high there, and it's a bit more. Um, uh, everything's well. It's quite different to other parts of Europe. So could you explain a bit like how the health insurance works, um, the dividend tax or income taxes you you have to pay, and yeah, a bit of a summary on that. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, like you said, Denmark is one of the highest tax countries in the world. We pay around uh, 40, uh, 40 to fifty percent in taxes, more like fifty. But it, it, we also have some tax reductions. Uh, so the first, uh, like the the first amount of money you that you make yearly, you don't have to pay so much taxes on them. Uh, it's a small amount, but it is reducted anyway or deducted. Um, but it is high taxes, and it's um, it doesn't matter if you uh, have a day job or you have uh, capital income as um, dividend from stocks, or you have uh, income from peer-to-peer lending or something like that. You always pay this high capital income of of forty percent. Well, I'm not uh, I'm not so educated in the tax uh, thing in general, but that's at least what I think, and then I. I make my accountant take care of all the rest oh. <laughs> much easier. And, That's and actually one of my general approaches to life. I, I <laughs> would rather do the best at the things I, I'm capable of and then pay money to help uh, so, so others can help me get um, all the things done. And um, I'm curious, do you do you feel that those high taxes and little complications like that, have they like impeded your journey to financial independence? Have they made things more complicated or are you just like, whatever, I, this is what I have to deal with? So Yeah, it's the only thing I know. I've been living here all my life, so <laughs> I haven't seen anything else. So I'm just um, trying to go with it. And I think the, the the main important thing is that you go for a good savings rate mm-hmm. and really try to get your expenses down because of course taxes are high but we also earn a little bit more than most european yeah, countries true. maybe so i think it all adds up and if you just make sure that you earn the most you can and spend so little money as possible then you get a good savings rate and then you're good to go nice uh, about health insurance like you you said um, then we are so fortunate that if something should happen then almost all expenses would be paid through the taxes Mm -hmm. it's uh, only dental uh, expenses we have to pay ourselves nice that's interesting everything else is paid for Alvar do you want to continue um, well, Jürgen, I really like that setup. So, like in summary, it means um, yes, you do pay high taxes, but in return, you get good health insurance, a stable environment, um, and, and a nice country to live in. Back, um, like in summary of this, then um, what I would also like to dive into uh, because your blog, financiallyfree.eu, you've got some amazing content on there. And what I'm mainly interested in is the peer-to-peer lending and the amazing resources and research you've done in that sense because you've invested a lot of money in um, peer-to-peer lending and comparable investments and have had some amazing yields if I'm looking at your income statements uh, and the way uh, you've had that set up and you only started a year ago at the blog. I'm wow. really, really curious how you got, got it all done um, in this short amount of time and how do you find those um, 
resources and companies and how do you research them? So peer-to-peer um, -peer lending in general is where you put your money out, you lend, you lend your money out to people or to companies um, and in return you get interest rate. Uh, on most platforms you get the interest payments monthly but on some other platforms uh, you might only get the interest payment in a bullet payment in the end if it's to a company maybe they are running a big project and need a lot of money to finish it then you then you'll get the money in a bullet payment um, but yes I started my blog around I think it was April last year so it's been running for a little bit more than a year and um, I started with peer-to-peer -peer lending or I'll, I prefer the the term crowd lending because that that's more broad it's towards people and companies in general so um, but I started with that in September actually exactly three years ago now with my first peer-to-peer -peer investment and I did it because I had been investing in the stock market for on and off for a few years and I was never able to figure out why I earned money when I did and when I lost money I also didn't understand clearly the factors really the factors behind it and the movement so it's, I thought it was more like luck or bad luck when something happened and I didn't like that lack of control and lack of uh, predictment um, to my income. So when I found the first peer-to-peer -peer lending and crowdfunding platforms and saw that I could actually get a monthly cash flow going, <clears throat> that uh, that really resonated, resonated with me a lot more uh, because then I knew if I invested 1,000 euros, for example, one month, then I could immediately see the returns next month. I would get a, approximately 10 euros extra um, in my in my monthly cash cash flow, so that's that was one of the reasons why I really wanted uh, to continue down that road. And also, Warren Buffett says um, you always have to invest in things you understand. And I I felt like doing a lot of research in this area. I I understood a lot about it, and so I thought, well, I'll have to go with this instead. A lot of people say. Um, you should maybe only invest 10% of your total portfolio into crowd lending or peer-to-peer -peer lending because it's it's a relatively new asset class. The first company started out in 2007 or 8, exactly after the last financial crisis. So that's I think that's in general why why people think you should uh, only put so little into it because it's not a time-proven strategy uh, so far. But I'm quite sure it's here to stay and people have been lending each other money for decades and decades um, and centuries, of course. So this is just doing it online instead. Um, so I think it's it's here to stay. Okay. Well, would it be fair to say that, I mean, obviously people have been lending each other money for centuries, thousands of years, that peer-to-peer -peer lending or crowds lending is simply a more efficient online way of doing it and is bringing people together who've like in the past had no access to each other and it's just connecting them all together making it more efficient than in the past takes the middleman out in the sense of the banks and for that reason it's able to offer those amazing high yields because we've all been seeing like 
platforms quoting 15%, 8%, and to a lot of people that's sounding like unbelievably high because they're used to the 7% average return of the stock market. And when somebody's telling them, hey, you can get 15 or 12 or 9, they're like, that's not possible. And how is that working? And it's like triggering some kind of like gut feeling. Um, like on that kind of a comment, how would you respond to that? Yeah, a lot of people are skeptical when they hear about the 12 or 15% interest rate you can actually get in this area. And uh, I think it's mostly because they don't, first, they don't understand it really. And uh, second, there is so much scam on the internet in general where you can find sites that promise you can get 2.5% daily or 20% per week or something. So, of course, they see these crazy numbers and they can, most people, uh, know it's scam and and it is in those instances but then they see this is this is much less but it's still a lot more than they can maybe get in the stock market mm-hmm. so they're still skeptical and think that could be a scam as well because it's very hard to distinguish between what is real and what is uh, what is what is not real and uh, and and that's actually also what's what inspired me to start my blog because I did all this research to find out really what what are the true investments and where can I put my money where I actually know it's a good company that's actually also trying to do the best for me as well as, as themselves to generate a profit. Oh. And it can be really hard to find out which ones are the good ones and which not which uh, which ones are not. So I wanted to share this information with other people so they could uh, spend less time investigating maybe or at least I I would also have a, a good tool to prove my, my strategy to myself and keep track. Uh, that's one of the main factors to keep track on, on my numbers for myself like a, a daily journal almost. Mm-hmm. So I, I update it monthly so it's a monthly journal. Um, so I can keep track over the years and new readers and followers they can come look at the the stats and the uh, i have screenshots of all my accounts so they can see how it's it's been evolving over the the years um, so it's not something that's just good this month and then you can say oh yeah but six months from now then it's all begun then they can look at the graphs really to see that it is a sustainable model. Yeah, that's what I really um, I really love about your website is that you really put every single thing down and honestly it takes courage to do that because you're you're um, showing what your expenses are to everyone else and you're held, holding yourself accountable which is quite um wow yeah I, I don't think I could do that not yet showing everyone what I spend on it's um but yeah it's pretty cool and um I was going to ask you also do you how specific or how deep do you get when you get to when it comes to peer-to-peer lending because I'm I'm investing in Mintos for the moment and it tells you mm-hmm. which countries it tells you what kind of loans do you go for a specific, um, do you have like a strategy um, when it comes to peer-to-peer lending? Do you prefer, for example, I don't know, investing in payday loans or investing in personal loans or company loans? What is your method? That's a good question, especially because I'm invested in 10 yeah, different <laughs> platforms. And some of them are marketplaces. And you said, uh, you mentioned Mintos. They have like 40 yeah. different lenders. Uh, so it's... I, I try to do my best within every platform. 
I would say on Mintos, I've been for a long time going with uh, the Mogo loans, which uh, of course the last last month they had this 50 million euro uh, a bond. So a lot of the the loans on the marketplace were bought mm-hmm. back. Um, so now a lot of people are sitting with cash. Um, but but you have to adjust all the time to f- to find out where you want to to put your money especially in a platform like Mintos. Um, it's it's one of the ones who have been in the game for uh, quite a good time. I think it's three or four years or something. Um, so a lot of people have trust in them. And um, yeah, but it, it, to, a, to a new person, it, it, it takes some more research than others. Other, you just put your money and start an out-invest uh, program and just sit back and do nothing. Um, yeah, and also to ask, um, so there are always popping up, new platforms are popping up, new ways of peer-to-peer lending investment structures. Um, I was wondering, if there's a new platform and you're picking it up, how do you research it and how do you determine, is this worth my time, yes or no, is this trustworthy, and how much would you like initially put in to like try it out? Um, first of all, I try to do so much research as possible if it's something I'm interested in. Like you said, there is a lot of new platforms coming up and some are very similar to what I already have in my portfolio. So if I don't really think it adds anything new or, or gives me a, a new uh, maybe area to invest in, so I spread my, uh, my risk a little bit across the continents or something like that, uh, then I try to not get too many new mm-hmm. platforms i think 10 is wow, 10. quite a few um but um yeah like i i do a lot of googling to look for forums to see have people mentioned anything about them do they have any experiences i write a lot to their support line uh, of this company the new company in approach to see if um if they answer my questions and how they answer my questions. I think uh, the, the answers they give and the amount of time they spent on on putting the answer down and writing me back uh, tells a lot about the company, how serious they are, if they just put a very short answer, if they are going into details a lot and uh, really try to prove the business. Wow. Okay. Wow. And in a lot of cases, I've also seen you go a lot further in the sense um, that you actually go down to their offices themselves and like talk to the employees um, yeah. and I mean kind of like test them and ask them questions and go and look at uh, projects they're running. I've read a few articles you wrote on that regarding on your blog. Um, could you also tell a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. Um, I have been traveling uh, to the Baltics two times to visit companies. Uh, the first one was uh, Bondora, which uh, was my first investment, and the second one wa- was uh, one of the newer platforms called Investio. And um, I traveled to the latest one to really figure out if it was something for me, because I thought their projects were really interesting. They had a re- very high interest rate uh, yield. They were promising from 17 to wow. 22%, which was quite more than I was used to. And some of the things I found when I did my Google searching and found other other blogs and forums was that a lot of people were, were very skeptical about it. And some were outright saying it was a scam. Uh, 
but the questions I asked all the the, the staff of um, the company they really sounded very very serious about the business and everything I asked they they answered in a good way so I was thinking why do I have this feeling of a good company when all the others have this feeling about a scam so I was thinking well if I want to put my money why not try to hear if they're interesting actually meeting me because a lot of scammers don't really like to meet people in person and look them in their eyes so they try to hide behind the disk um, but uh, luckily they said yes please come over and uh, so I did and I traveled with uh, my I took my mom along as well she's also investing a little bit so um, yeah I did that and we visited their office and met all the people behind and drove around for one day and saw three different projects one was finished already and two uh, real estate projects uh, were upcoming and we saw the where they were going to be built and so forth and it was a really good experience and i had the opportunities to ask a lot of questions during our our drive in the car around the country in riga latvia and so that was a good experience and of course it made me a lot more sure about my i think it's oh, a really good approach yeah. and i have more companies i want to visit like this if they're willing to to invite me <laughs> because uh, there are still companies out there where a lot of people in on the forum say these cannot be real these must be uh, a scam so yeah. that's real research yeah it's good to have yeah we need to someone i think we need someone who actually goes Definitely. out to f to see if it's real or not Arjun, i really like that you're saying i'm just gonna go towards them talk to them confront them ask them questions and like you know see yes. the physical projects to prove um what's going on because obviously everybody quoting 22 percent on an annual basis everybody would think like okay that's way too much how do you do that yeah um and that's actually also what i would like to ask you um a lot of uh, people within the financial independence community are skeptical of peer-to-pay lending or crowd lending they're like i just don't believe in it i'll stick to my index friends with seven percent mm -hmm. uh, and i would like to ask you why can peer-to-peer -peer lending or uh, crowd lending be superior over uh, index investing or why could it be just a really nice combination with it first of all the the index funds of course are all related to the stock market so if there is a financial crisis or a crash they would all come down with it with crowd lending and peer-to-peer -peer lending you have uh, at least you have a way to diversify yourself out of this stock market correlation so if there is a, a crash then you might not see the same effect on your crowd lending portfolio of course if it's a really bad crisis and a lot of people lose their jobs then it could mean that more lenders or borrowers are not able to pay back they could go into default and platforms behind if they have a buyback guarantee then it might be hard for them to actually have enough cash to 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 buy back all these loans so it's still hard to say how a financial financial crisis would impact all this market um, I think Pandora already said that they have been through the, the financial crisis of 2008 and they didn't see much of an impact really. Um, but but they were the first in this uh, in this class of uh, platforms. And since then there is, like you said, a lot of new ones have popped up and there is probably somewhere between 60 and 100. Wow. new platforms just in just in europe actually so 
there's a lot of difference. Yeah, I, I one one big advantage of index funds I find because I'm investing in pretty much both index funds uh, and also uh, a bit of peer to peer, but um, the big um, advantage of index funds is that it's very simple. Uh, right, you just sign up to something like Vanguard or a third-party um, broker, and you put it into your index fund, and you forget about it. Whereas you're telling me that uh, crowd lending or peer-to-peer -peer lending, um, you have to do quite a lot of research, maybe even go visit the company. Um, like you really have to invest yourself into this. You really have to do your research. Um, do you still do you think that's true, or is there um, other um, benefits to doing your own research with crowd lending? Yeah, I think it's it's very similar to yeah. if you do stock picking, actually. So if you invest in a company, you want to buy their stock, you will also do a lot of uh, research to find out is this a good price to compare it to the company's performance and what's the future going to look like. And it's the same with peer-to-peer -peer lending and crowd lending. You have to research the platform. Is it someone you'll trust with your money? Is it someone who has a unique strategy who you believe will have a good future? It's it's more the same. I think the the main uh, difference is probably that even though it's a good company, if you want to invest in a stock, you find a very good company uh, and you think the price is decent, you buy it, and then two months later the stock has uh, crashed 20%. It could be just that some small thing has happened. Not In most cases you see that it's not actually not even a very big thing just uh, the markets reacted in a in a way to <laughs> something trump said or something you don't understand really you don't have that market volatility in peer-to-peer -peer lending at all yeah. so so when you do your when you invest in that you you don't have all this market volatility it's very stable okay well and and uh, say for example um if you want to get your money out of peer-to-peer -peer lending or uh, want to get paid, you want to spend it on something, your profits, um, how do you get it out? Both different strategies. Um, some prefer to invest in short-term loans, which are only maybe 14 days or a month, one month or two months. Uh, you can invest in, in loans that are maybe five or six years. Um, some some platforms have a secondary market where you can actually sell them directly to other investors. Um, and if you have loans that um, people like, maybe they have a good interest rate or um, short duration or something, uh, then you can sell them always, almost at par value. Sometimes you can even get a premium if it's a good loan you have. Um, so you can sell them to other investors. That's one way of exiting. Um, or you can just let them uh, mature, and uh, when when the loan is paid back, you get your money. Nice. I, I try yeah, personally to to have a mix. So I have some platforms where I invest for a long period of time, and just let them run. And I, then I have other platforms where I know this platform I could easily sell everything I have within a day, and then I'll have all my money back in my bank account nice. within three days. Um, and so I'm I'm wondering. Um, Say we, we have a listener who's listening to all this and is like, 
wow, it seems pretty cool. I would like to do a bit of, bit of research. I'd like to get started. How would you how would you advise them to get started? How should they do their research? Where should they look? Like obviously your website is a great place to start, but um, apart from that, uh, as a beginner, where where should that person get started? Um, I think what holds most people back is lack of understanding and lack of experience. So the, the main thing I would advise is try just try something with a small amount to just get the experience. It doesn't really matter which platform it is. Try to pick one that is quite solid, has a lot of users, a lot of investors and have a good reputation. And just start with a small amount to, to get the experience and understand everything. You have to understand everything you invest in. That's that's key. And second, well, you can you can do a lot of research like I do. Um, you can, of course, try to use my information. You can go on different forums and websites um, to see what other people think. But mainly, I would say just just get started with a small amount and then then let. Don't throw. Don't make the same mistake like I did. I <laughs> I threw a lot of money into one platform because it was the only one I knew at the moment. Uh, today I don't regret anything about it, and I don't think it's necessarily a very bad uh, investment. Yeah. But I should have done a little bit more investigation. Makes sense. Before totally. Well, I think I'll probably. I'm interested now, so I might do a bit more of, of um, peer-to-peer lending. I'm I'm in Mintos, but uh, and I wasn't rate setter before. But um, I'm gonna yeah, gonna do a bit more. I think mm-hmm. it sounds interesting. I wouldn't mind, you know, a twenty percent uh, interest or, or more. So yeah, could could help me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to throw a quick summary of it in, Jurgen. So altogether, we can pretty much say that peer-to-peer lending, crowd lending, can offer superior returns uh, versus the stock market and other asset classes, but it requires. More research, more, more focus. Uh, you have to do the actual work yourself. It, it's not sit and relax and just let it wait. Um, you have to diversify, uh, and there are risks involved with it. It's not just mm. throw it in and you'll get 20%. It's different per platform, per loan, uh, and there are diff- many different variations in it. But if you do your work, and if you're willing to use a new asset class that are, uh, a lot of people are ignoring, you can get higher returns than most people do, but with research and with work. Well, actually, I think if, if you just, it really depends on what you want to do with your investments. If you want to use all your investments for retiring early, for example, or reaching financial independence, then I'm totally in agreement with you. Then you have to do a lot of research because then it's a serious amount of money you're putting out. If you just have a small amount of money you want to invest, not to be able to live from it in the future, just to invest it, you could find some platforms where you just Put your money in, wait, do nothing, and it's very passive. Um, yes, I think we've got the peer-to-peer lending part covered uh, amazingly now. Um, well, <laughs> thank you so much for <laughs> that. We could talk about it for like hours, though, because I've, I've so many. I yeah, doesn't matter. Another day. <laughs> yeah, but you you can always go into my website on financialfree.eu yeah. and you can look at all my uh, graphs and settings. And if you have any questions, just feel free to uh, yeah. send me an email anytime. Uh, also, Definitely. all the readers Thank and you. listeners can can always contact me. I'm willing to help. Yeah, we'll add the link oh, in the show notes, so uh, very accessible and easy to get there. And yeah, should be good. Yeah. Most yeah. definitely. Let's go on to uh, the next subject then, because 
you're in, we know you've got a normal day job, you're investing a lot in peer-to-peer -peer lending, crowd lending, <laughs> but you also have a real estate strategy I've read on your blog with your first portfolio added at the beginning of this year, right, and a second coming uh, soon. Can you also explain a little bit around that? Yes, that is mainly to diversify, diversify my risk. Um, when I started researching how to invest in general, you hear a lot about uh, stocks and bonds and real estate. Those are the three main categories mm -hmm. people normally use. And I already excluded most of stocks from my strategy, so it left me with bonds and real estate. And bonds have so so low yield, so it's not really interesting for for my risk appetite. <laughs> you can say. <laughs> so then that leaves me with real estate. And that's been a proven strategy over, yeah, in the entire history of man uh, to have, uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. to have real estate in some uh, in some way. I'm not going to speculate with the prices or do flipping or anything. I'm just uh, I'm having a strategy where I want to buy properties to rent out, um, and use the monthly income to um, to have passive yeah. income. To have passive income alongside with my crowd lending, mm -hmm. so it, the both of these strategies match each other well because they have uh, monthly cash flow. Both of them. Nice. You're you're aiming for three thousand a month, right? I saw. You're very close. Uh, that's my first goal. Yes. Yeah. Then I'll be. That's amazing. Um, yeah. But I'm yeah that that three thousand. Um, I was initially I was thinking that should come from investments. Mm -hmm. And uh, lately, the the block has been very popular, and it started to generate a good amount of income. And I'm actually thinking about adjusting these goals a little bit to reflect reality, because even though it's going good with the block, it doesn't necessarily. I cannot predict the future, and if I'm able to live from this in the future as well, so I might adjust that. Mm -hmm. um, but that being said, it's 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 good income from uh, from 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 the real estate. Yeah. In general, you, you have um, you have the the tenants. Of course, it's 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 not passive in the same way as crowd lending or or index fund investing can be, because you have tenants calling. You have uh, maybe a garden you have to maintain, or the stove maybe goes out and you have to buy a new one. And there is always something you have to fix and do. But if you find a really good property and you buy it for a very reasonable price and it has a good potential for income, then you can make a lot of a lot of money on it. Um, I don't know any other asset class where you can actually buy something for let's say a house cost two hundred thousand euros, and you can um, you can pay forty thousand and someone else will pay you mm -hmm. the rest of the amount and you will get all the interest leverage. Right. You leverage exactly. The so, beauty of um, leverage. Yeah. So that's what I like about real estate, and then of course it diverses. I it, it divide, diversifies me from from my peer to peer lending also. Um, also to ask, uh, what kind of yields are you like sort of expecting from your real estate? I mean, if we're talking about peer to peer lending and with numbers from nine to twenty percent, are you looking for the same numbers at real estate, or is real estate just a good passive, semi passive sort of income for you? Um, the properties I'm looking for have about eight to nine percent yield yearly, so it's a little bit lower. But the thing about that is that eight to eight to nine percent that is from the full amount. 
So if I start actually to calculate how much the yield is from only my pay down payment, then the yield will be ex exceptionally higher. Could be even be 60, 70% or something like that. So, but there's, of course, there's a risk also that um, that you suddenly don't have any tenants, and mm -hmm. so so it's more risky maybe also. But but it has good good potential. Wow. So and with the 60, 70 percent, you mean the cash on cash yields you're gaining from your initial deposit? Um, yeah. Well, that's... Yeah, I can take I can make an example here. The the first property I bought in February cost me. Um, 140,000 euros uh, in general uh, overall to buy it and every year I get uh, about 18,000 euros every year yes in, in, in rent nice let me see uh, did you pay so, it in full or did you pay it with a mortgage Um, I paid, let me see here, I paid, uh, the down payment for that property was, <clears throat> was 18, I don't even, uh, the thing is I have all the Danish numbers in my head, <laughs> I have to convert that into euros, so. Um, oh good, you can also use Danish numbers. Yeah, it's fine. We can, the, yeah, the I, yield I, will I, be the I same. Had to, yeah, I had to pay this is in euros. I had to pay almost uh, nineteen thousand euros in a down payment wow. uh, for the property. It's crazy. And and the rent coming in from that property, I can see here is um, is seventeen thousand five hundred every year. Wow. So at the end of this year, well, next February, your down payment is nearly covered. Yes. That's amazing. Wow. In yeah. just about one and a half years. That's crazy. Wow, and the amazing thing is normally um, within all the real estate websites, bigger pockets and everything, everybody is always quoting the one percent rule and giving American examples, and it's always really hard to find those kinds of properties in Europe that meet the one percent rule in the sense that you get one percent of the property value a month in rent. That's amazing. You're gaining that and even more. That's that's <laughs> yeah. really well done. How did you how did you find a property like this? Yeah, tell us. Your tricks. You just start looking. <laughs> I have I have a lot of properties I would like to buy that has this uh, good income, but I just need the money to buy them. So so there are a lot of properties out there. You just have to do the work and yeah, find them. It's always. Uh, I would in general say you have to look for. Uh, the Americans use the term duplex or triplex. So you have two or three apartments within one building. Yeah. So you maybe buy one house that is divided into three properties or three apartments. And that means you get a lot higher rent for these three people that you would get from, from one person renting the entire house. Mm -hmm. Nice. Wow, this is really, really good information. I have to say I yeah, learned a lot about real estate. Alvar, do you want to, should we round up a bit? Um, so... Jurgen, to round up, um, how did five financial independence change your life like this? Where where are you going, and um, yeah, how's your future looking like? It's definitely given me a new perspective on on life in general. Um, you know, growing up in in Europe in general, it doesn't matter where in the world you're living. I think then most people are 
growing up with the mindset that you have to go to school, you have to get education, you have to get this full-time job you work with for 40 or 50 years and then you retire. But this um, this new approach with the financial financial independence, then when you suddenly realize that it's actually it's actually doable, and for most people it's it's doable within maybe 10, 12 years, if you really want to go for it and save up, uh, and really think about your expenses and bring them down. That's that's changed uh, a lot of my thinking. I was thinking I would go out and buy a big house and nice cars and this normal route you see everybody else is doing but actually what would you really prefer when it comes to it just having a smaller car and a still nice apartment wherever you can live and then you will be able to have your freedom to do whatever you want if you want to go fishing every day or you want to spend your time starting a YouTube channel or live your hobbies or whatever you want you're free to do whatever you want so it's not about retiring that much it's actually more about finding uh, your freedom to do all the work you really like to do instead of having to work for some someone else so that's that that caught my fire i i I still like my job my day job um, but it's it's not something i i truly love like the other Mm -hmm. things i do of course so uh, having that in the vision in in the see that in the horizon i can almost count down to the day where it's uh, it's going to happen wow so that's quite amazing that is pretty amazing and Jurgen, just to ask um, how long is it going to take you to reach financial independence that again depends on if i include my blocking income into that uh, math or not if i don't then i think if i only look at my investments i think i will have three to five years left probably depending on how how fast i can get new uh, rental properties that will really be the catalyst uh, to bring the numbers up, maybe three years. Um, I started. I started about three years ago, and I set myself a goal that it. I hope to be financially independent in five to seven years, which is also quite fast. Um, and I think I'll be able to do it. Maybe, maybe even earlier. Oh, that's pretty cool! Accomplishing that so fast and rapidly. Um, what I also would like to ask: Are there any other resources, books, podcasts, uh, forums you uh, would recommend our listeners to check out um, in terms of aiding them uh, towards financial independence? I would recommend people in general to research some more personal and personal development. So um, something in the line, lines of Bob Proctor, Earl Nightingale, some of these old people. Um, Jim Ron, I really like also in that category. Then in general, just uh, about financial independence, I would recommend the, maybe the Rockstar community, Rockstar Finance, Firehop, yes, Firehop. There's, especially if the listeners are from Europe, I would go to the, the, one of these sites and uh, connect with other blocks to see what other people are doing. Because in general, you say you become the product of the five people you spent the most time with. And if all your friends are just on the spending spree, you might want to hook up with someone who's actually doing the same things you want to do and you'll 
find a lot of these people in these communities. So that's that's really great help to keep you on track. Okay, well, Jurgen, also to finish up, not unimportant, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you and send you a question or ask you something? Yeah, they can find me on uh, financiallyfree.eu. And uh, on that page, I have all my information. I also have this about page where you can see a neat little picture of myself and you can find my uh, email address if you want to contact me. And the last question of today, um, are there any specific recommendations you would give to somebody pursuing financial independence in Denmark, tips, tricks, um, yeah, what they can do to speed up their journey? Specifically in Denmark, hmm, I don't, I don't know if it's if it's actually that much different um, depending on where you're from. I think the main reason is actually that you start tracking your income and you start tracking your expenses down to the last penny and really set yourself this goal and uh, keep yourself responsible. Maybe maybe find a, a partner, a responsibility partner that, way that you really do this with so you're not alone and then just get started. Just try something, to, then learn from the mistakes and don't be too scared and just sit back and do nothing. Just start with small amounts and try things out. Wow, Jorgen, thank you so much for all this valuable information and sharing this with us. I really think our listeners can learn a lot from your approach and also you're showing that you can reach financial independence within 10 years or within 7 years or whatever in Europe. And it's not just excluded to the US um, by showing your entrepreneurship, creativity and uh, daring to use new asset classes. Thank you really so much for showing uh, and giving us this amazing content. My pleasure, Elva. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this. Subscribing through your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review. Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. All the mentioned articles, books and cool resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu. Thank you for listening and see you next time.